Okay, Today's staff is Daf Chaf, and we pick up on the Mishnah at the bottom of Yutadamut Bet, and we're now transitioning from Regal to Shein. Um, this Mishnah, the, this parak, though, appropriately named Ketzah HaRegel, is a parak that focuses primarily on Shein and Regal. You know, where the first parak focused on broad Kalim, now we're focusing in on Shein for Regal. So let's take a look. By Regal, the, the, obviously the strong emphasis was on the discussion of Tzroros, but there was also a very fascinating issue that came up at the end um, about uh, what is the sort of the way I frame the issue what is the basis for being exempt in Rishas Harabim if an animal walks in Rishas Harabim and damages in Rishas HaYachid are you liable or exempt um, and there seem to be almost two different thrusts in the Gemara and um, does that have to do with the fact that fundamentally I have a right to have my animals here does it have to do with the fact that the reason I'm exempt is because the person brought them damage on themselves they themselves were negligent and a good test case would be walking in Rishas Harabim and kicking pebbles and damaging We're going to continue to see that as we move from Regal to Shane. There's going to be a number of Sugyot in Shane about that issue. And let's take a look now at the Mishnah on Shane. So, Yutera uh, Medbet at the bottom, the Mishnah, or the bottom third. Um, in what way is the Shane have a propensity, or does it pay full to, in terms of eating things that are fit for it? So, if an animal has a propensity to eat fruits and vegetables, normal types of food. If it ate stuff that was not uh, normally, you know, uh, um, nourishing, um, it ate like uh, garments or other ty- or vessels, um, then it's not chain, and therefore, so this would be a mishune. It would do something unusual, and of course, the question becomes, as we've been rain- raising, does, is chain mishune Karen, or is it chain mishune? The Gemara certainly seems to feel that it's Karen, that the only thing that you would have a non-full payment of other, you know, would be regular Tzroros. That's something that this is going to pay half the Gemara does not, never really fully acknowledges that there could be this category of it is a shame, but it's an unusual shame, and by analogy to Karen, you pay half. The Gemara's approach seems to be no, because it's Mishunah, it's a type of a Karen, and therefore you pay half. Yes? So, we haven't said quite this way, I don't think, and I want to know if you think this is accurate. In other words, the, the, the Talmud seems to be privileging the following idea. Um, so I know that my animal generally chomps on fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm. I have to watch my my animal. Right. But it could be the other way, couldn't it? In other words, there's a lot of animals that are herded through this area. I've got fruit and vegetables. Okay, so we just said that a minute ago. <laughs> okay, you were walking in. But yes, that is the two that is the two sides of explaining why somebody would be exempt. I think it's a compliment. Okay, in the public domain. Are you exempt because fundamentally you've got a right to have your animal here, so you can't hold me liable for normal things that it does? Or other people should know I've got my animal here and they're being negligent by leaving their stuff around. Right. So that's all that is the running question about Rishasarabit. Okay. But anyway, but if the animal does it, but now we're talking about Chasar Hanizak and the other person's domain where you're liable. But if the animal does it through a sh- in an unusual way, then you would only pay half. Of course, the corollary should be maybe then you'd be liable in Rishas Harabim if it becomes a type of a keren. Now, and that's what our Mishnah nicely says to us. When is this liability? In the other person's domain. But in the public domain, you're exempt. Now, that's a normal shame. Are you also exempt about the shame Mishune? If the shame Mishune is a type of a keren, why are you exempt in Rishat Harabim? So we'll be seeing that in the Gemara. Now, even when you are exempt for what your animal eats in Rishat Harabim, here we introduce a very important new concept that is not just limited to 
the world of Babakam and the world of damaging animals. This would not be relevant by Regel. My animal went to heaven and ate your grain in Rashid Harabim. I can say, look, I'm not liable for an act of damage. I'm exempt for damage that is done in Rashid Harabim. On the other hand, you tell me, look, I don't want you to pay me because you destroyed my grain. What I want you to do, though, is acknowledge that your animal just got a meal from me. So I fed your animal. So the fact that I now saved you 20 bucks that you didn't have to feed your animal, please reimburse me. Not because I'm not asking, I'm not taking you to a court of damages. I just want to be reimbursed because you now had $20 of benefit that came from me. So now you understand why we didn't have this by regal. Because regal, you didn't receive any benefit. Okay? And then now you also understand why this is not, would not be limited to world of Nazikin. One could imagine a lot of other scenarios in which you received benefit from me. We didn't contract for it. We didn't agree to it. But incidentally, somehow you received benefit from me. And can I say, you should reimburse me for that benefit. The very fact that now you've been enriched, you know, or, you know, from my stuff requires you to somehow reimburse me for what you've received. So that's what the Mishnah says. If you derive benefit, you have to pay the benefit. Now what's the difference between paying damages and paying benefit? So the, the Gemara, actually the Mishnah is going to say that. The Gemara is going to say it. Um, but you know, but, the, but, um, but uh, I'll just tell you in one sentence, right? That if I wanted, imagine my animal ate your uh, strawberries, okay? I otherwise would have said it's straw, not strawberries, okay? So how much benefit did I receive? All those strawberries were worth 20 bucks. But my normal meal for my animal is 2 bucks, right? So if I pay damages, I'm paying you 20 bucks. But if I'm paying for the benefit I received, maybe it's only $2 worth. And maybe if it gets a stomachache because of the strawberries, maybe I pay you nothing. So the, 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 uh, you know, the scale, the rate of how you pay for benefit is a different consideration than how you pay for damages. Okay, but now when the Mishnah says, Kate, that it means more, what are the circumstances? Kate said, Michelle Emis Mashanemi. So what are the circumstances it pays when it receives benefit, for the benefit? If it ate out of the middle of the street, Michelle Emis Mashanemi. So that's Rishas Harabim. And you don't pay for damages, but you pay benefit. You see there, if it ate from the side of the street, the sidewalk, somebody had a little stand by their side, by the sidewalk. So that is the mission sounds like that's a Rishas Hayachid, or certainly not a Rishas Harabim. And in that case, Mishalemis Mashizika, you pay for the damages. Okay, that's now eating from, Rishasara, from a, from a non-Rishasarabim. Mipetachachanut, Mishalemis Mashanenis, from the, from the front of the store, not in the store itself, but the, the, the area in front of the store, that's a Rishasarabim. So it doesn't pay damages, it only pays benefit. Well, maybe, right, but then it's going to be exactly a question. But let's assume, Mitochachanut, if it actually went into the store, so that's another person's domain. So then, now, by the way, the other thing it seems to say in passing, which is going to be discussed in the Gemara, is where is the, uh, the animal is standing in both scenarios, it sounds like, it's standing in Rishas Harabim. It's just, is it eating in Rishas Harabim, or is it eating in Rishas Yachid? Where's its head, right, its head might be in the Rishas Yachid, but its four legs, it sounds like, are in the Rishas Harabim. Now, not necessarily, it could be literally walked into the store. Literally, the whole animal walked onto the sidewalk. But the simple sense of the mission is it isn't. It's in Rishas Harabim, and that's another question. How do you define whether the damage occurs in Rishas Harabim or Rishas Hanizak? Do you define where the food is and the animal's head is? Do you define where the bulk of the animal is? This Mishnah sounds like if the food and the animal's head and the act of eating occurs in one place, then that's where it occurred. It doesn't matter where the legs of the animal are. Yes, Charlie? The case for both the animal and the food are in the Rishas Harabim. 
shouldn't I have some obligation to be watching my Yes, food? that's why I don't have to pay you for damages. But at the end of the day, but I, but I still, I still, die, I, I still got benefit. I, I, you know, I mean, well, I keep on switching who the I is. Yeah. You, uh, anyway, um, but um, yes, but let's say, yeah, it's my animal. It ate from yours. You were negligent. Right? That's, again, we keep on going back to this. One of the reasons I'm exempt in Rishul Sarabim is because you're partly to blame. You weren't careful with your food. You should have expected there are going to be animals here. So fine, I don't have to pay you for damages. We've established I'm exempt for damages. But at the end of the day, you could turn around and say, don't pay me for damages, but you got a meal out of me. At least reimburse me for the meal that you got from me. Okay, yes. But you should have the same dynamic as, as the owner of the ox. You should, on the one hand, you should be watching your, your produce. On the right. other hand, you should have the right to have your produce there. Well, that becomes the question of um, what is the primary use of Rishat Rabim. If you imagine that the primary use of Rishat Rabim is for, like, travel, right? So then, you know, animals belong in Rishat Rabim, right? Even not, even not animals of burden. I mean, horses and donkeys and whatever mules go without saying. But even, like, I don't know if I want to bring my cow to the market. I bring it through the Rishat Rabim, right? So those have, like, a, more of a primary right. Whereas, okay, I can have stuff in bags on my animals I'm bringing it, but what am I doing leaving my food like exposed in Mishra Sarabim, right? So, now, I guess it would be an interesting question. Let's say an animal went ahead and we're going to get to that, and ate off of the saddlebag of another, you know, on another animal. But, the, but you are correct, meaning who's to blame and who has a fundamental right to be here? This, sort of the way we're setting it up, sounds like we're primarily the animal, it's, it's for the animals and they have a right to be here, yes. Who grows near the Sister Arden, we should have some. Uh, protection yeah. right so that's sort of what we're saying right well what you're also saying is, is that if that's true then even if you're at the sidewalk of Rishas Rabin, there's some contributory negligence because you should know that animals walking through Rishas Rabin are going to eat from the sides of Rishas right so those are all really good questions right and this is exactly why the Gemara explores the margins of those scenarios of like what exactly defines Rishas Rabin not Rishas Rabin I should say by the way one more comment though to Jonathan which is that it's, you don't even have to necessarily say that there's a primary and a secondary. Contributory negligence means we can acknowledge that we're both negligent. Fine, I should have been watching my animal. But you also should have been watching your fruit. Everybody should have been watching. And it could be once you're partly to blame, that gets me off the hook. So, you know, so that's another important point to be making. Yes? I, I just thought that Rashi says, Yeah, I didn't want to get to that Rashi. Rashi does not say the shot of the Mishnah. He makes it Karen, and that partly has to do with how do you define whether it occurred in Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah. So we'll circle back to that Rashi later. Okay. Saddlebag on my animal. We'll so that's so that's what the Gemara is going to discuss. Let's take a look. Excellent. Tanu Rabbanan. Hashem let us lay a chalas haroyin la keitzah. Bein which he nichnas el chatzar nizak the achla ochlin haroyin la v'shasas hamashkin haroyin la. Here's a brayta. If it if it ate normal types of food and drink normal types of drink that is normally fit for the animal, mishal nezek shalom. That's a shame and it pays full damages if it's in rishat hanizak. Bein chayes he nichnas el chatzar nizak or if it's not a behemah, it's a chay, it's a deer. V'tarfa behemah v'achla. But so let's say it was not a deer. Okay, let's say it's a lion. We're back to our lions. Okay, or whatever. And it, you know, and it, and it, and it, and it tore apart an animal and it ate the meat. Mishalim is a mishalim full because that's normally what a lion does is it eat meat. Uh, I'm sorry, Now, how about if a cow ate barley, which is not the normal thing a cow eats? kashinim, or a uh, donkey ate uh, kashinim, which is what leeks or something. The keller shalikek gets a shemen, or a dog licked up oil. The chazer shachal chatichat shabasar, 
or a pig ate a piece, of, a piece of meat. So all of those are seen to be like not the most normal things for it to eat, but as we'll see in a minute, it's something that it's not completely out of the ordinary. That's still a shame in a pace, Nezer Shalem. Amar Papa, So Papa says, here is really the principle you just got to telling me in that Brita. That's something that is not the really normal thing for it to eat. Okay? Cows don't normally eat a barley. But nevertheless, it's something that it was, so it's Lavorche, but nevertheless, it will eat it if it has no other choices. Okay? So it's not a normal thing to eat, but it will eat it if, you know, if that's all that's available. So, and nevertheless, that's considered to be eating. It's considered to be shame. So what is the range of something that's, that is a normal thing for it to eat and not a normal thing to eat? Right? The Mishnah says, right, what's the language of the Mishnah? Um, what's Ra'uela? So this writer says, Ra'uela includes things that it will eat even in extremis. Okay, but then there are things that it won't eat even in extremis. But things that it will eat in extremis, that's considered Ra'uela, and that's still shame, and therefore you pay full. Okay, so now that you've told me that, let's apply it to another case. Um, if a cat eats uh, dates, the chamra da'acha binisa, and a donkey eats fish, that pays full, because that's also a type of a thing it will eat in extremis. Now, we're going to have a case. There was a donkey that ate bread, and it chewed up the basket that the bread was in. So, chivei arav Yehuda, I don't know how arav Yehuda, chivei arav Yehuda, l'shalim nezakshalim, nezakshalim anahama, ve'asal chati nezak. So, pay full for the bread, because that's enough within the normal range, and pay half for the basket, because that's out of the normal range, that's like the Ksus and Kalim, and pay half for the basket. So now the Gemara says, Amai, why? Since it's normal for you to eat the bread, it's normal for you to chew up the basket. Now, even though it's normal for you to chew up the basket in the process of eating the bread, what do you think you're paying for the basket? I mean, it doesn't really matter because they're the same halacha, but what do you think, what category do you think you're paying for? Shane or regel? It's chewing up a basket while it's eating the bread, and that's a natural thing for it to do if there's bread in a basket. I would have said... I would say regio. I would have said... You know what? I would have said kelly because it's, it has a kavana lazi. It's got to open up... It's got to... Um, to get to the bread. That's interesting. Is it doing it just because it happens to be there? So it's chewing it in the process. It's like, you know, it's like I don't have the time to take off a wrapper, so I'll just chew the candy in the wrapper. I'm not trying to re- tear the wrapper, right? I, I imagine that it was just... It just like was there, was there because it was... Chewing because it was, yeah. yeah, but that's an interesting question if it's trying to tear it to get to it. But anyway, I don't think it's Shane. I would put it in ter- uh, in, in Rego. You think maybe it's Karen Wood. I put it in Rego, yes. It's analogous to the rooster that uh, broke the glass when went after the kernels. Yeah, that was Rego. That, that was Rego? That was Rego, exactly. So I would think this would be Rego. But anyway, the Gemara says it shouldn't be half, it should be full. So the Gemara says... Um, uh, uh, no, no, no. It first it chewed the bread, and then it had left a full basket. I mean, the basket was undamaged after it finished eating the bread. And then it decided, while it was there, to go ahead and eat the basket too. So that's already Mishuna. Okay, so, um, exactly. One minute. Is bread normal for donkey, even within the extended normal range? Um, I'll ask you on this. We have a writer that says that if an animal Animal, presumably including a donkey, um, ate uh, bread or meat, the tavshil or stew, mishal chati nezek. That's half. My love the behemoth. Presumably, you're talking even about a type of a domesticated animal like a donkey. 
Lo bechaya. No, no, no. We're talking about like a more of a wild animal. I don't know. We're back to the lion or the deer or whatever. For that, it would be for that it would be unusual. But for a donkey, that's more normal. I don't get it. Until now, it's seen that a chaya eating meat is more normal for a chaya. Anyway, here we're saying the more normal case of the. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. No, no, no. no, no that's right. Wait, wait, no, no. It's more normal. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't make sense because it says the bread and the meat is half. And we're saying that would be about a chaya, right? right? Which is strange, because until now we've been assuming meat is more normal for a chaya. Now we're saying for a behemoth it would be full, and for a chaya it would be half. So the Gemara says, Bechaya, Basar, Orchayus. That's what the Gemara says. I mean, I get it. Meat is normal for a chaya. Dimitri. No, no, no. It was, it was roasted meat. It wasn't raw. Chaya is like they eat meat raw. Roasted, that's not so normal. All right. Anyway, I don't know. Dogs, I think, eat uh, nice cooked meat off the table. Anyway, the Evi Seima, Bitavia. Or we're talking about a deer. And a deer, it is not normal to eat bread and meat. So it's, it's very interesting. We're saying for a deer, it's not normal to eat bread and meat. But if we're talking about a donkey, then at least the bread part would be normal. I don't know about the meat part, but the bread part would be normal. Okay. No, maybe, you know, we are talking about a behemoth, but what makes it unusual there is not just that it's bread and meat, but that it ate it off of the table. And that's not normal. Now, that's very interesting because that just seems to be a circumstance that is like, I don't know, maybe it's not normal that it did it, you know, because it was, uh, I happened to be eating it in a uh, marble castle or something. Like, why is that even relevant? You know, that the circumstances were unusual. Well, the eating is normal, but I guess what it's saying is that for most animals, because it's on the table, would serve as a way of making it out of their reach. I mean, not just physically out of their reach. Somehow, it would not be a normal way for them to access it. So since the idea, the, the idea that they were able to gain access was something unusual in this case, that's enough to make it mishun and to pay chatzi nezek. Okay, in a way that certainly factors into questions about negligence and so on. But it's a different type of not normal than the other types we've been dealing with. Right, but this is to make it a mishuna. This is a different type of a perspective. Okay. Now, top of Chafam and Aleph. Ahu Barcha, a goat, Dechazu Lifta, Apuma Dedana. It saw some nice dough on the uh, mouth of a barrel. What? A turnip? Yeah. Oh, lift Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Lift does a turnip. Right, 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 right. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I was thinking about the other gum about the leash shove with the rope. Okay, thank you. That's not a turnip on the mouth of a barrel. Sarich, salik achla lifta. It sort of, it, it, it climbed up. It went up to, you know, got to the top of the barrel. Um, and it ate the turnip. The tavi lidana. And in the process, it broke the barrel. He said you had to pay full for everything. My timer, since it was normal for it to eat the turnip, and I guess against the case of the table, it would be normal for it to go up on a barrel and get to the turnip. So then, once it, it would be a natural thing for it to go up on the barrel and to get, get, get the turnip from the top of the barrel. So therefore, that's also orche, and again, presumably it's regal for the barrel. I would assume it's regal for the barrel and shame for the turnip. Okay, so yes. Um, so I just feel also, apparently barley is now commonly used as cattle feed, particularly in Europe. So I assume these will change depending on. The yeah, way. there's no like halachal emotion you see about what's considered dark for certain animals. Okay, so the mice says like this: Amar Ilfa said Ilfa. Now we get to defining Rishus Harabim and Rishus Hanizak, and it all gets very interesting and very complicated. Okay, Behema Rishus Harabim Upashet Savara Achla Me Al Gabe Chaverta. It's in the Rishus Harabim and it stretches out its neck 
and it eats from food on the back of another animal. Okay? Now here, are we going to define it as Rishas Romishas Hanizak? So you could, two ways you should sort of say it should be Chayiv. Number one is if you're just a, from a formalist perspective, as Dove was saying before, you should say, my animal is my domain. Something on my animal's back is in my domain. Okay? And from a sort of logical perspective, if we're going to talk about am I negligent or not negligent, you know, like I've got a right to keep stuff to, 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 to uh, um, uh, transport stuff on the back of my animals. Um, and one would imagine that at least it's like, you know, keep your hands to yourself type of a thing. You might have a right to have your animals here, but at least you should be at responsible enough to stop them from, you know, in, you know so uh, encroaching on, you know, into other people's, you know, sort of, your, uh, into other people's domain, not just domain and sort of like the side of the street, but like, you know, watch your animal from getting in the way of my animal and from sticking its head onto the back of my animal. So one could reasonably imagine that this is a logical case that you should be chayev. So let's see what he says. So he says, Upashas chayeves. I'm sorry, did I skip a line? No. Yes, you are chayev. My time and why? From the back of the friend, that's like the other person's domain. So just from a formalist perspective, without getting to the question of, are you posheya? Is it encroaching on your right to have freedom of movement in which to surround him? No, like you can't, you can't measure things every single time by all of that logic. Sometimes we just have to apply formal categories. And the formal category, even though the logic actually is relevant here, but certainly minimally, the formal category is it's sub, somebody else's domain. Their animal is their domain. Okay, that's very reasonable. So let's see what the Gemara says. Let's try to support that. So somebody had his, uh, his uh, you know, his um, uh, basket um, sort of, you know, on his back. He was carrying a knapsack or whatever, but it was an open basket. And some animal came and stuck out its neck and ate from an open basket that on somebody's back. Okay? So, the animal's out liable. So that seems like exactly the same point, right? Even though it's in Mishas Arabin, that's considered Chatzar Hanizak, and the animal is, li- and the owner is liable. So it, so it seems to prove it. So it says, okay, it's very funny. Like, sometimes the Gemara says a contradiction from a Breitah, which seems like a real contradiction, and it makes a stretch to say it's not a contradiction. Here we're saying, here's a Breitah that seems to be very nicely supporting it, and there's a completely logical position, and now we're going to say, well, maybe the Breitah is talking about something else, so it's not necessarily supporting it. Okay? So we don't want to, like, have anything actually reconciled here, or not reconciled, like, concluded. Anyway, so the Breitah says, maybe that's not a support. Kedama Rava, that might be a special case, like Rava's going to say later on. Bekofetzet. Hachinami Bekofetzet. Maybe it's when it jumped to get to it. And therefore, that's why you're going to be Chayev. Now, what? What's the case? Why is, is it jumping and why do I need that to be Chayev? And why do you Chayev? So look at Rashi. Rashi says, Bekofetzet, top wide, top, first line of Rashi. Shekafsa v'achla al-tzavara shein darka b'kach. The told of the kerenhu. V'chayev t'chatineza kamar. So maybe it's not Rishut HaNisak. Maybe it's still considered Rishut HaRabim. And the reason it's Chayev is because it's a Karen. Why is it Karen? Because the animal jumped on my neck or on my donkey's neck and ate by like piggybacking on the donkey. And therefore, it's Chayev because that was a type of a Karen. Now partly I would also say that what partly makes it Karen is not just it did a weird thing by jumping, but maybe the jumping is what gave it access to something it normally wouldn't have had access to, right? This thing was normally something the animal couldn't have gotten to. It's sort of like, and you know, so we, before we said that maybe if it normally climbs on the barrel to get to something, that's Darko. But we also said that if it's on the table and wouldn't normally go on the table, that would be paying half. So here too, if 
you say animals normally, if something is on my back or it's on my donkey's back, for the normal animals that are in Rishas Rabim, that's going to make it out of their reach. Not physically out of their reach, but normally animals don't jump on other animals' back to get the food. And therefore, it's protected, I'm being responsible, all those types of things. Your animal jumps on it or whatever, that's considered to be Mishune and it pays Chati Nezek. Now, I got to tell you, like, you know, um, okay, so so I guess here's the point. Um, a, a, you could have disagreed with Rashi, and you could have said that it's not Chatinezek and it's not Karen. What Kofexis does is, it makes it more out of the reach and makes it more a case of Rashut Hanizak, right? Meaning, right, if I'm, here's the question, right? Right, right, meaning, what's bothering the Gemara is the other way to say it. Like, isn't it logical? Yeah, they ate off the back of my animal. That is a Rashut Hanizak. Why shouldn't you be high? Why is the Gemara pushing back on it? What's the pushback? So the pushback could be one of two. The pushback could be, well, and we're going to see this in a minute, um, sort of like we discussed in the Mishnah, if the feet of the animal are in Rishas Rabim and the head is in Rishas Hanizak, which domain is it in? So that's one way of understanding why the Gemara is not you know, running to say it's Rishas Hanizak. But the other way is is that, no, is that this isn't like standing at the edge and eating off of the, of the sidewalk. There, there's a clear delineation. This is Rishas Rabim, this is Rishas Hanizak. Here, the whole space is Rishas Rabim, and you're trying to say, in this little like airspace in the middle, the back of my animal, here's a little space that's Rishus Hanizak in the middle of a big Rishus Arabim. Under the animal's Rishus Arabim, over that airspace is Rishus like, But this little space right here is Rishus Hanizak. So maybe you say, no, I'm sorry, the whole space here is Rishus Arabim. It's sort of like a question the Gemara has, which is, if I have my vessel, I take my, you know, my, my, you know, um, um, my, my pot into your store and you fill it up with uh, whatever, with barley. Am I cone it because it's in my pot? Or am I not cone it because it's my pot in your store? Right? Whose domain is it in when it's in my pot in your store? So here it's on the back of my animal in Rishus Harabim. So that could be why the Gemara is saying like, no, I'm sorry, you can't call that Rishus Hanizak in this case. Everything around it is Rishus Harabim. Okay, so then what's the answer of Kofetzet? So Rashi says Kofetzet just makes it Mishun and makes it Karen. But I do wonder if Kofetzet means if something is so out of reach that nothing can get to it without out, like jumping up to get out of it, maybe that makes it easier to consider that to really be a separate domain. Right? Something that's in normal access of everything around here, give me a break. That's Rosh Hasharabim. But something that is out of reach and you have to jump to get to it, so it's possible to read it as a way of making it Rosh Hanizak, but Rashi says Kofetzet makes it a type of a Karen. Yes? I know that the definition of Rosh Hasharabim is not the same here as it is in the book of Shabbat, but in the book of Shabbat, we have a Rosh Hayaki in the middle of a Rosh Hasharabim Easily. Yes, that's true. On the other hand, you also have Rishud Rabin that ends at Ten Tzvachim, and above that isn't Rishud Rabin. Yeah, so anyway, but I think, yeah. It sounds a little bit like in Gitin, right? The question of what's where's the chaser? How do you find the chaser for being Kabbal again? Right. And the woman, the hand of the basket, all those things can be within Rishud Rabin. Right. And, and it could still be on her person, she could still be Kona. Right. Right. Yeah, so I think that that's a good, right. I think, you, I think both of you are correct that that question about when can you define like a separate zone in the middle of a large space, right, is asked in a lot of different scenarios. So I think like that's the question to ask here. Why what A, what does the answer of Kofetzet mean? And but B, why is the more pushing back? It's completely logical what it's saying. So it might be pushing back because of the you're in the middle of a whole larger space that's Rishasarabim. Let's see where the Gemara goes with this. Okay. Okay, the Hecha Itmar 
the Rava, where was Rava's statement originally said? If you have an animal, you should rob him. And it walked and it ate, it's exempt. If it stood and it ate, it's chayav. So what? When it walks, it's normal. And therefore, it should be exempt because it's Rishas HaRabim. If it stands, it's normal. and should be Rishas HaRabim. So... I'm a rabbi because standing doesn't mean standing. Standing means it jumps up to get food. Like it saw food on some ledge or whatever and it jumped up to get it. It's not like it was walking and it, where its head was down it saw food on the ground and it ate it. That's Darko. Okay? It actually saw food that normally would be out of reach for normal animals in Rashid Rabin and this animal decided to look up and saw some food and jumped up to get it. Now, again, when it's saying that it's not Darko, is therefore it's saying it's Karen? That's the way Rashi would have it. Or is it maybe saying, no, then it's not exempt. Again, it gets back to the logic of Rosh Hashanah. The reason you're normally exempt in Rosh Hashanah is because, like, you know, if you leave your food on the ground where my animal is walking, you can't make me pet. You can't be mechai of me. You put your food out of the way on some ledge in Rosh Hashanah and my animal jumps up. You know, you took your necessary care. So maybe I now I should be liable. So the Gemara is not exactly clear why Kofetzet means to, okay, it's not normal, but does not normal make it a type of a Karen, and then I pay half damages? Or does not normal mean, and therefore you don't have the normal exemptions of Rosh because it was something that, you know, would not constrict my normal movement, and something that you weren't negligent in where you were placing the food. Yes, Charlie? Yeah, some animals are quite likely to, to jump. jump. I know, so it might depend on the animal. Where's okay. Why does, where's Karen um, Nezik Shalem? Um, according to Rabbi Tarfan. But uh, we probably like the Rabban and it's always Katinezik oh, yeah yeah okay Bray Rezeva now Rezeva asked Mitzgal Gel Mahu this is a fascinating question big debate of the Rishonim how to read it if the food is rolling what's the story now what does this mean so first I'm going to explain it to you like Rashi um, well first of all let's read the Gemara hey Chidami what's the case you've got a bundle of uh, grain in a private domain and it's rolling from Okay, now by the way, if you look at the side, you'll see the Ramam and the Ravid have the exact opposite Girsa. It's in Rishud Rabbim and it's rolling to Rishud Yachid. Okay, but besides that, what's the scenario of rolling and why should it matter? So Rashi says it's not so much that it's rolling on its own. What it is is the following the animal walks into my domain. Your animal walked into my yard and then it, pu- the, it pushed it out of my yard, brought it to Rishud Rabbim, and ate it in Rishud Rabbim. So that's an interesting question. The actual act of eating took place in Mishra Rabbim. So you're saying you're exempt. I'm saying, what the heck are you talking about? It was in my yard. It came in my yard with no permission. It was protected in my yard. Right? You took it out of my yard. You should be high of even though the actual act of eating only happened in Rishra Rabbim. That's the way Rashi reads it. Let's read it that way. Okay? So the Kamit Galga doesn't mean it's rolling on its own. It means the, the animal is pushing it out. The Asi Mishra Yachid One minute. He changes. He changes Migalgel, right, that's also true. Because Mitgalgel sounds is, is more like it's on its own. So Tashma, come in here. The tiny Rebihia, Musray, Miksaso Bisnim and Miksaso Bachutz. If you have a uh, a a bundle, right, you've got a bag filled with food, of grain, let's say. Some of it is is inside is in Rishasha Yachid and some is outside in Rishasha Rabbin. Okay, If it ate it on the inside, it's chayv. If it ate it on the outside, it's exempt. So what does that mean? So 
I think most of us would assume it means if it ate from the half of the bundle that's on the inside, it's chayv, and the half that's on the outside, it's exempt. But the Gemara thought that it meant if it ate the entire bundle on the inside, or the entire bundle on the outside. Now, how did the entire bundle get to the inside or the outside? According to Rashi, it must be that the animal pushed it one way or the other way before it decided to start eating. Okay, so my love, shemit If so, it means that it pushed it. So if it pushed it all into Rishut HaNizak, it's chayv. That's, I guess, obvious. But it pushed it all out of Rishut HaNizak and ate in Rishut HaRabim. It's exempt, even though it started in Rishut HaNizak. So you see, at the end of the day, it goes where it ate and not where it started. Okay? So the Gemara says, isn't that that case? So the Gemara says, Whoa! No, it didn't push it anywhere. But if it ate the stuff on the inside, it's chayim, and the stuff on the outside, it's exempt. But it only, but it didn't move it at all. If you want, you could say, Rabbi Chia's case here about this bundle, okay, is about these long stalks of, what's aspasa, of, of, of fodder, whatever it is. These long stalks. So it's not like half of the grain is on the inside, individual units of grain, and half of the grain is on the outside. It's a big piece. Like, imagine, like, you know, they get those English cucumbers in the supermarket. You got one English cucumber. It's half on the inside and half on the outside. And the Rashi says, in that case, maybe I could say that if it pushes it all on the outside, it would be exempt, because since half of it started on the outside, then, and now it all gets pushed, that maybe would be considered eating in Rosh Hashanah. But if it all started in the inside, and then it all got pushed to the outside, then maybe I would say, look, the whole object started in Rosh Hashanah, that's considered Rosh Hashanah, and you're liable. Okay, so that's the way Rashi reads the question. Uh, if it starts in Rosh Hashanah, and gets pushed out, are you chayev because you entered into my domain? Or are you exempt because the eating happened in Rosh Hashanah? The Gemara does not actually um, conclude about that. It does say that if the object started half and half, then we would be more inclined to say go by the eating because then it already halfway was there to begin with. Now, Tosos disagrees. Now, let me stop and ask you, before we look at Tosos, what do you think the answer should be? Your animal enters my domain, takes my food, takes it to Rishul Sarabim, and has its meal in Rishul Sarabim. Chai Rapatra. What would you say? Intuitively, totally chayev, right? Okay. But if you're a formalist, you might say, I don't know, beer biste acher, it happened, where did the consumption happen? So anyway, I, but I would agree, I would say chayev. Let's see what Tosa says. Look at Tosa's. Pira shakuntris, the misafkalei basar achilaz linan vi basar lekicha. The kasha, the lekaman, gabi kelashanato charora, v'halach lekdish, pshitalan, the achle bekdish, the alma de pater. He says the Gemara later makes it clear, actually, that you are a go by where the eating occurred not by where the taking occurred okay very frustrating I think for us because logically you should totally be chive in that case okay so anyway Tosos says that's not what's going on in the Gemara so what does Tosos think is going on in the Gemara we'll just read this one line we won't totally unpack it the near Lari the last of the wide lines the Chagon the Kaimi Perish Bershuda Nizak Umigalgali V'asul Yershuda Rabin yes the food is rolling on its own it's not being pushed but the Elav Shabahimah so for Tosvos, what you've got is, here is my domain, okay? Here's the Rashid HaRabim, okay? And whatever, this is on an incline, okay? I've got my stuff, my stuff on a hill. And this is some fruit that is rolling, okay? And it's going to wind up in Rashid HaRabim, okay? But your animal is here, and it's 
eating that food, opening up its mouth and catching it, before it goes ahead and it rolls into Rishon HaRabim. So the question should be, well, maybe we'll still consider it like the eating happened in Rishon HaRabim because that's where the food would have wound up. Okay, which seems like completely bizarre. The animals in Rishon HaNizak, the food's in Rishon HaNizak, but somehow because the food is on its way into Rishon HaRabim, it's considered like the eating happened in Rishon HaRabim. What? Well, maybe something like that. I was also thinking maybe it has to do with the Pshir HaNizak issue. Since the food would have wound up in Rishon HaRabim, and if it would have wound up in Rishon HaRabim, then um, I would have been, in the end of the day, I would have been, uh, you you know, I, it would have been my fault. My food is in Rishon Rabim and it's, it's not protected, so it's already sort of not protected here as well because it's on its way to winding up in Rishon Rabim. Yes. But it's, 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 it's sort of like the, like it's like a case of a cleat that falls off the root from the wind. Yeah, that's what Hillel was sort of saying. Yeah, that's exactly what Hillel just said. That maybe you, you go by the beginning or the end. Yeah. As pasta, according to Spanksoft, is fodder. Fodder, okay. Got it. Yes. Um, in the previous case, when an animal goes into the private space and then takes it out and eats it in the public space, yeah. why do we even uh, concern about where the eating is done? Just the act of coming into the private space and stealing, shouldn't that make it... No, but animals aren't liable for stealing. Right. <laughs> no, they only, they a, only a person is liable for stealing. No, no, there's no liability. If it takes my food and takes it out or whatever, but let's say your animal came and it uh, came into my domain it took my stuff and it left, left it in the middle of the street and the car ran over it. Right. right? You didn't do an act of stealing. You didn't do an act of damage. You're totally exempt. All right. So life isn't fair. Moving on. Oh, look, Seuss. Now, if it, now, the, now, the minister says if it ate like garments, it pays half. Presumably, that's a type of a Karen. And then it said the liability is only in Chatzar and Nizak. In Rashida Rabin, you're exempt. So you're also exempt by the case of eating garments in Rashida Rabin. That should be Karen. So, uh, hi, where is this line going on that you're exempt if it's Rashida Rabin? Amarav, Akulu, on both cases, even on the case of eating garments. Why are you exempt eating garments in Rishas Rabin? My time up. Anybody who does something strange and somebody else comes and does something strange to react to that, the second guy is exempt. Now, the simpler way of saying what this is, although it's an important phrase which will get repeated, it's a type of a way of framing Pshiyahanizak. You know, you're negligent. So you did something strange by leaving your garments in Rishut Harabim. Okay? You normally don't put your garments down in Rishut Harabim. So you are, like, negligent for doing that. You shouldn't have been putting them down there. So my animal came and it ate from your garments. I'm just, that was just like an outgrowth of your original act of negligence. Your original strange thing that you did led to this other strange thing happening and therefore I can't be liable. So another way you could just frame that is Pshiranizak. Okay? But that's why we're saying that even though it's Karen, I'm still going to be exempt in Rishad Arabin because your clothes shouldn't have been there. Alright? So, um, uh, no, no, no. The exemption of Rishida Rabim is only fruits and vegetables. Avoksutvakalim, if it ate garments, okay, chayevet, it's chayev in Rishida Rabim, that's just Karen. Maybe he doesn't hold a Pshiranizak. He says this doesn't rise to the level of Pshiranizak. Oh. And similarly, Reish Lakish says that it goes on both, that uh, you're exempt if it ate, even if it ate the, 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 uh, the garments, even though it's a Karen, because the other guy started it. The other Reish Lakish, the time here, Reish Lakish goes according to his reasoning. 
said, You have two cows in Rishir Rabim. One is crouched down, taking a little nap in the middle or rest in the middle of Rishir Rabim, which is not a normal thing cows are supposed to do. You know, you got to pull off into the cow stop at the side of the road there. Okay? <laughs> you know, what? Unless you're an Indian. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But right, that's a good point. The other one is moving. So, if the walking one kicks the moving, the, the, the crowd, because it's in its way, even though kicking is a classic example of Karen, you're exempt. Yeah, why? Karen Grishuda Robin? Doesn't matter, it's Grishuda Robin. Your cow started it. It crouched down in the middle of the street. I'm not liable for any way my animal now reacts to something you did that was, that was out of the ordinary. Okay? So, Revutsa Be'amalechad. If the crouch went down, kicks the, the walking one, Chayev. It's obviously your Chayev. Reb Yochanan Amar, Lo Shanolepius Yerakos, Reb Yochanan is the other opinion. No, you're only uh, exempt by fruits and vegetables. Avoksus Vatrelim Chayeves. But by the, by the garments, Yerchayev, it's a Karen, Yerchayev, and it's just a Rabbim. Now the Gemara finally asks the question, are those that are saying Yerchayev denying the principle of Kol HaMishana Ubachev Shinabo? So the Gemara says, Leima Reb Yochanan, Leis Leidreish Lakish, Afilu B'Shtei Paros, would he even reject Reish Lakish's case about the two cows? No, Lolam Islay, he would hold, right? You can always hold to the principle, but just say some cases don't rise to that level. In general, yeah, if you really have contributory negligence, you really did something that was unacceptable and out of the ordinary, I'm not going to be liable for what results from it. But in the case of, so that would be an example of the case of the cows. But having your, 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 your vessels on the street, that's not so crazy. Lolam Islay, Sus, having your garment sort of down on the, on the street, people can take off their coat for a minute and take a breather, okay, and put their coat down on, on Rashid Rabin for a few minutes. That's not out of the ordinary, okay? For an animal to be crouched in the middle of the street, that's not acceptable. Now, by the way, the difference of Kol HaMashana, just to say one word, I've been explaining it's similar to Pshir HaNizak. You started, you did something unusual, you're responsible for everything that emerges from it, okay? So the difference between that and Pshir HaNizak is that Pshir HaNizak more means like I should have anticipated something could happen but it doesn't mean that what I did was out of the norm okay like putting my fruit in Rosh Hashanah maybe that's normal for people to do except if you're going to do it you've got to be aware about what our natural you know animals might come by and eat from it so you might be negligent but it's not at the level of actually violating certain norms Kolamashana is a you know is a higher level you violated the norms of what is normally done here, then you really have to take responsibility of what results from those actions. Yes, yeah, sir. So it's not like I'm walking with my, my with my basket of fruit and I put it down just for a minute. I go, you know, a person goes off and right. looks for a minute to right. take care of himself. Right. Right. So that would be fine, according to this. Well, that might be, that might be, not be called HaMeshaneh, right. because it's not violating any norms, but right. it still might be Pshir HaNizak. That's what I'm trying to say. Because you might say, okay, you didn't violate any norms, but, you know, you should be aware that when you're not watching it, things yeah, can happen to it. Yeah, you're an assumption of a certain amount of risk. Right. Kol HaMeshaneh is a higher level. You violated the norms here? You got, you know, it's, it's, it's on your head whatever happens as a result. All right, let's, so that's a really important principle. 
principle. Um, and now we get to the the big chiddush of the Mishnah about nanis, paying what you benefit, and that receiving benefit is a mechayev in itself. That I received benefit from you, I have to pay you for it. The normal way that's conceptualized is, like, imagine that you're, I mean, imagine, you know, you're, uh, you know, your football rolled into my yard. Okay? I didn't do anything, but I got your football. I got to give it back to you. Okay, now that's Allah of Hashem Saveda. But here, your thing came into my domain, right? Or let's hear, maybe this is a better example, right? Let's say accidentally the bank made a mistake and it transferred $100 from your account into my account. I, I have to give it back to you. Yeah. So that's the same thing happened here. Okay? Same thing happened here. Right? Accidentally, your grain fed my animal. I have now something that was yours, right? This abstract benefit that came from you and I have to give you back that benefit that I received from you. That seems to be this basic principle of paying back benefit that you've received. Okay, now, the question is going to be like, yeah, but I wouldn't have spent $100 to feed my animal, so that's what we'll get to. Let's take a look. How much do you pay? The value of a, um, of a, star, of, of, you know, of a bundle of hay. Meaning, it might have eaten barley, but I don't normally feed my cow barley. I feed my cow hay. So I would have paid it for the $2 lunch I normally would, paid my, would have fed my animal. For barley, but you don't have to pay for barley at the retail price. You pay for barley what you would have gotten it at the cheap wholesale price, which basically another gemara says is two thirds of the retail. Okay, now the, presumably that means because the barley actually does a better job nourishing my animal, right? If it just happened to be, right? Let's imagine, like I said, that it didn't do barley. Let's say it ate your strawberries, and actually the strawberries, you know, were not maybe were even worse for it, but certainly were no better for it than eating hay. Okay, then presumably everybody would agree I don't pay more than the hay because I don't receive any more benefit than hay here the point is no I actually what did get benefit from the fact that it was barley rather than hay that's more nourishing but that's not what I normally would have fed it so how do you figure out what I owe you the actual benefit I received or the amount that I would have otherwise spent for the animal because I never asked to receive the barley right so I shouldn't have to pay for that alright Tani Kavasi Daraba Tani Kavasi Daraba we have a right to supporting each approach. Tani Kavasi to Rabba, we have teeth like Rabba. Rabbi Shimon Chayomir, Amir Bilvad. You only pay for a bundle of hay. Tani Kavasi to Rabba, we talk like Rabba, Brisa, Imnenis, Mishalemis, Mashanenis, you pay for the benefit you received. Ketad, Achla Kav, O Kavayin, if it ate one or two Kavs, Ainalim to Shalom Demain, pay for the normal price. Ela Ombim, come out and wrote, say, La Hachila bin Tempto, Davaru Uila, Alpha Pisha Eno Ragil. But you figure, how much would you be willing to pay to give your animal a barley? meal, even though, not a hay meal, that's what it normally gets, but the barley meal that it receives, even though, because it's, it's good for the animal, it's fit, it's not like the strawberry case, it is something that's good for the animal, how much would you have been prepared to pay for it, even though it's not the normal thing that you feed it? The fikach, but because it gets on the question of how much benefit you received and how much you'd be willing to pay, if it's something that really does not benefit your animal, even if it's very expensive, achlachitim, if it ate wheat, odover or something that's actually bad for it, to are your exempt. Now, by the way, I should say, how much would I be willing to pay is also not the same as the May Sarim Bazal. It could be the market price for Sarim is $9, the wholesale price is $6, okay, but wheat would have, I mean, excuse me, hay would have been $1, and if you ask me, look, 
How much would you pay to give your animal barley, you know, instead of wheat? Okay, you know, so, all right, I guess I'd pay $2, okay? So how much I would pay to give it the extra benefit of the barley is more than I would pay for, I mean, instead of, instead of hay, is more than the hay, but it's not necessarily the wholesale price of the barley. So there are different measures here. One is, what would I normally have given my animal? The other is, what it's got, but the wholesale price. And the third measure here is, what I would have paid to have received this benefit even though I didn't ask for it how much would I have been prepared to pay to receive this benefit okay well that's also true okay so most of like this now okay so that's a we've laid yes heathen apparently is worse for it than barley apparently I don't know what to tell you okay so now we've laid this principle of paying back what the benefit you've received but a question of how exactly you determine the value of the benefit that you've received and now we switch gears to a standalone topic which is like a really fascinating one that has broad applications which is the principle of zenene vizelo chaser you received benefit but it didn't cost me anything so you have to pay me back for the benefit you received because in all these cases you received benefit at my expense what if you received benefit at no expense to me do you have to pay me back okay so let's take a look. Um, okay. Elohim Rav Chizah L'Rami Barchama. Rav Chizah said to Rami Barchama, Lo Havis Gavan Ba'orza B'Tchuma. You weren't with, with us last night in the Tchum, in the, in the, in the, in the like, you know, uh, environs, but Rashi says it means in the base Medrash. Okay? Too bad you weren't at the base Medrash last night. The Bailam Mili Malyasa. We had such a good question we discussed. Amar, my Mili Malyasa. What was the good discussion? Amarei, Hadar B'Chatzer Chavera Shalom Hidato. If somebody lives in somebody else's yard without his knowledge okay you're away in Hawaii and I think you're away in Hawaii I'm going to have my friend stay at your house okay <laughs> you have no idea I'm just putting them up in your house so do they have to pay you rent or not now what's the case if it's that you normally would not rent out your house you don't have your house listed on B&B you're not, you're not normally renting it out and this guy he doesn't really need to rent a house he could stay by me but I decided I might as well just let him stay in your house so he's not getting any so in that case um, A you're not losing anything you would not have collected any rent anyway and B uh, he's not gaining anything I mean it's a little funny he is gaining something but he's not gaining something that he couldn't have otherwise had it's not a real enough that it's just, it just as easily stayed in my house Ella so that that case would be obvious Ella the Chatzar um, Ella the Chatzar the Kaimel Agra the Gavadavi maker let's say your house is actually on the market okay you are trying to rent it out and he needs to rent a place he has nowhere else to stay okay in that case Zenena he's receiving real benefit he wouldn't have gotten elsewhere and you're losing out because once people see him in your house nobody's going to bother to call you up and say you know is it still available they'll see it's not available so you're losing and he's gaining that would be an obvious case that he is high to pay you now the question is 
Here becomes the question: Is he liable to pay you for uh, for the for the rental price, or is he liable to pay you for the hana that he received, which is different than the rental price? Okay, but we won't get into that right now. Anyway, it's then and there is a chaser. Clearly, he's chayv. Zelon and there is a lo chaser. Clearly, he's exempt. The interesting are the middle cases. Lo tzricha the chaser the lo kaimel agra the gava the avid lemegar. If the guard normally you normally don't rent out your house, okay, but he needs to rent something. Okay, for him it's a real he saves him money, it's a real benefit. My so Mati Amalay, my chasatich, and he say, Hey look buddy, you wouldn't have rented it out anyway. So you didn't lose anything as a result. I shouldn't have to pay you. Or the other guy can say to him, you received some real benefit from my house. You've got to pay me for it. So that's the case of Zenen of Zelochasar. Now, the astute person will notice that we did not deal with the other middle case. What's the other middle case? He doesn't need to rent, but the other guy is trying to rent his house, right? It would be about Zechaser Vezelonen. Right? right? You didn't need to stay in that house. You could have stayed somewhere else for free. So it's for you, it's not significant or not. But I was trying to rent it. And because you were there, I wasn't able to rent it because nobody called me up to rent out the unit. What would be the halacha there? Okay, so this actually Machlokas Rishonim. Tosu says that you're putter. Why are you putter? He says, okay, so what basically we're saying is you indirectly caused me loss. Because you were in the house, nobody called me up, and nobody asked to rent it, so that's just grumma. You just caused me a loss of profit indirectly, you're exempt. It's like, it would be like, I had a big sign up and said, apartment for rent, and you came and you tore it down. Okay? <laughs> no, it's indirect. You didn't take money out of my pocket. You just made circumstances that now nobody gave me a phone call. Okay, so Tosa says you're exempt. Now, the rush and most other Rishonim reject this. They say, I agree. If what you did is you tore down the for rent sign, you would be exempt. That's indirect damages and you're exempt. But you actually got benefit here. Now, we've been calling it low nana until now because you could have stayed somewhere else if you would have wanted to. But even though you in theory could have gotten the equivalent benefit elsewhere, the reality is you got benefit from living in my house. And I was trying to rent out my house. So the rush and other Rishonim say, that effectively is then and if it's a chaser. Okay? So if I am actually losing out whether you need to rent a space or you don't need to rent a space, and tr- I am renting out the unit and you're staying there, so you are receiving, I've assigned a dollar value to the, to, to the benefit, you know, to what it means to be staying in my apartment. If you're, if, for a thousand dollars a month is the, be- if, what I am sort of, uh, you know, you know, saying as the price of the benefit of staying in my apartment, and you're staying in my apartment. You gotta pay me for that. Okay? Whether you could have gone elsewhere or not. The only real question is when I'm not trying to rent my apartment and I haven't assigned the dollar value and I'm not in the business of renting it out and you got benefit that you really otherwise wouldn't have gotten that's the case of Zen Yanev Zelochas and we want to know what the hell is I understand yes. it, it seems it bothers me it seems so flawed from a business perspective forget, con- forget the issue of a contract yeah. if I make a reservation in Aladell yeah. I cancel it's too close to the date so they cannot rent it right that might be, but that's because of a. But that's not because they can sue you in in court about like damages. That's because that was uh, you put down money, and that was the implicit contract, and the implicit agreement that if you canceled within a certain amount of time, you forfeited whatever. But that's not. They're not suing you for damage. Now there are other cases where. 
They can. Where there's a question about like, um, I'm trying to remember what this whole thing was. Anyway, there's a fascinating whole case about somebody that canceled uh, a whole, uh, anyway, I, I don't remember the specifics. It was something about somebody that canceled this whole huge thing for like a Pesach retreat or whatever. And the question was, was that if it was like a canceling of services, you were liable, but it was a canceling of some, anyway, whatever. So it depends. If there's a real, if it's not part of the contract and it really is the indirect loss that you caused me, then uh, it's not always so black and white what the whole case is. Yeah. And we're not, we're not concerned about trespassing and all the consequences. Right. I mean, we might be, but that's not necessarily something that comes with a payment associated with it, right? Yes, yeah, but so there's threat of murder or threat of... Yeah, I mean, you're risking your life if you're on somebody else's <laughs> domain. <laughs> right. But the, Oh, you mean like then it becomes like Kim Leibad Rabavine. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I mean, we don't say that for stomp trespassing, but... All right. Um, so the most is like this. Okay. I'm a lay, so too bad you weren't there. So it says, well, oh, big deal. Oh, it's an obvious answer anyway. I'm a lay, Masnisani. Ha, it's a Mishnah. All right, so what, I wasn't there. It's a Mishnah. So he says, hi, Masnisani, what Mishnah? I'm a lay, Lachita Shamishli. Oh, I'll tell you if you do me, if you attend to me, if you do me some service. He was like, sort of like, I don't know, trying to get back at him for, for him making him feel bad that he wasn't in the base matters. One also wants, if this is an also type of a Zen, and there's a little Chasr scenario, you do me a little service. I'll anyway, okay, so, Shankil Sudre Karikle. Fine. He took his handkerchief and he folded it for him. So he says, so tell me what the Mishnah is that you think answers the question. Amalei, our Mishnah about the animal eating in Rishasarabin. You have to pay for the Hanai you received. So Amarav, that was the end of that story. Amarav, Arav says, How much does somebody who the master God is at his, uh, you know, is, is at his aid, does not get sick and does not, and does not, you know, uh, uh, you know, and does not hurt, is not in pain. What does that mean? Like how how, how fortunate is somebody that God has his back? Even though he gave him, an, even though the answer he gave him is our Mishnah, it wasn't similar to the Mishnah. Nevertheless, whoever who was it that sort of was uh, gave the answer? It was. Um, uh, Rami Bar said it's a Mishnah and Rav Chiz accepted the answer so Rav said it's good that God was at the back of Rami Bar because Rav Chiz accepted a really bad answer because it's not similar to the Mishnah why is it not similar to the Mishnah in the Mishnah when it's eating the grain you're losing as a result you're getting a nod and the owner is losing is he, he's having his food eaten so of course you're high there the high the question that was asked in the base medrash was then and never or who? Okay, was a zezes and never zelochaser. So it's such an obvious difference. Why did Rami Bar, you know, why did uh, Rami Barchama even think to compare it? So the Gemara says, so Rami Barchama, uh, I lost my place. He says, no, if you leave your fruit in Rishisar Rabin, you should expect anything that happens to it. So when my animal eats from it, you can't really tell me you're chaser. Because, you know, you were asking for trouble anyway. All right, nevertheless, there's an obvious difference. So the Gemara says, our mission is a case of Zen and of Zechaser. They're clearly you pay for the Hana. But the question that we want to know is Zen and of Zechaser. We don't know the answer from the Mishnah. And that's what we're now going to have to look at. So unfortunately, we'll have to stop here, so we are a little bit behind, but we will pick up tomorrow, okay, to find, to really just discuss this uh, core question of Zen and of